Hello, and welcome back to Girlfriend Minute. I am Char. And I'm Pascal. And today I think we talked about, um, about family relationships and going to talk about the dynamics. And, um, you know, see who's in our families and uh, what kind of relationship we have with each other. So uh, we both have had and suffered through some great losses. Yes, definitely. You know, as we age, of course, everyone else does too. And then um, for me, my childhood was a little different than yours. Your parents stayed married and you grew up in a married household, whereas mine got divorced and that changed the dynamics of everything. Yes. And having to cope and deal at a young age and get to the days and and not really have anyone to uh, talk to, including the family. So um, I don't know. How do you want to do this? So I am one of three girls. I was yeah. born in Florida. My two older siblings were born in Indiana. Um, I had a mom and a dad, of course, obviously. Uh, um, they got divorced when I was nine. My father was an alcoholic. He was verbally and physically abusive. Um, and my mother basically left in fear of her life. Um, I have two older sisters, Camille and Colette. Colette, unfortunately, passed away. It will be 15 years on Sunday that we lost her. And when we lost her, that really changed the dynamics of the family. So the divorce changed the dynamics of the family. And then losing my middle sister really affected family, obviously. Not right. in a good way. So, and then your family. So I am one of three. Um, I am the oldest. And then I have a sister and a younger brother. Um, we're each about five years apart. And I was actually born in Beirut, Lebanon. And we moved to the United States when I was about five and a half, six years old. My uh, sister was just born. Um, we came to Pennsylvania, to Harrisburg actually, um, first. And then we ended up moving to Florida when I was in third grade. My gosh, I don't even remember what year that was. I don't know, 80 maybe? I don't know. And then my brother was actually born in Florida. And uh, we stayed there till I graduated high school. So we were there for about 11 years or so. Um, and yeah, my parents stayed married until we lost my mother about two years ago. So, and that definitely changed the dynamics of the, the family in my household. Uh, my brother went into a deep depression for two years, ended up staying on the couch and basically sleeping all day, not doing anything, um, while his wife and I basically had to push through the day because he had four kids and I had a restaurant to run. We had that to deal with, and it was already depressing enough that, you know, my mother had passed. Um, I had a very close relationship to my mother. Um, I was her caregiver, 
and basically I did everything um, that she needed. Took her to the doctor, went shopping, um, you know, helped her shower if she needed it, helped her get dressed, things like that. Um, and yeah, definitely changes the dynamic of the house. The house is way different now. Like, I can't even explain it, to be honest with you. It just, everything ever since my mom passed away just feels so different. It, it definitely does. Um, and it it's not like, always No, it just, it, it feels dead. It's like you go into the house, and I see her picture, you know, up on the wall. And I don't know who put that there, but sometimes it disturbs me. Like, I just can't look at it. Like, it's right there. So I'm kind of the opposite. Um, so my mother passed nine and a half years ago. It'll be 10 years in January. Uh, I am the youngest of three, so there's quite an age gap. I'm nine and 12 years younger than my older sisters. Young, yeah, younger than they are. They are three years apart, two and a half, three years, and I'm nine and 12 years. I'm the oops, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and with the divorce, I was still in the house. The older siblings were out. I was nine. That put Colette at 18-ish. She was legally allowed to be out. And my oldest sister, Camille, had married. So she had been out of the house. So I was stuck. I got to deal with all of it. And um, I didn't have anyone to talk to. And I just, you know, got through it. I would just... I don't know how I handled it. You know, no one seemed to be like, how is she doing? So I just got through it. My dad was not a nice man. He was verbally and physically abusive, um, even a little bit to me because I was left the house. And my mom never got over the abuse. She held on to that to the very bitter end, um, which made her miss out on a lot of good things in life, unfortunately. And then my sister passed, which was unexpected. I mean, my sister was sick, but her passing and the way it happened was very unexpected. Um, it just, it made her even more depressed and more not wanting to be here. And, um, and then when my mom passed, that totally changed everything. I don't have a relationship with my older sister. Never have. Never have. When I lost Colette, I lost my sister. Um, and I have a bunch of printed pictures of Colette. And I have yet, I keep saying, I'm going to make a collage. I'm going to put it up. And I don't have a single picture of her. And I've been saying it for 15 years. And uh, I kind of get mad at myself because I don't, don't forget what she looks like, you know, that type of thing. And right, right. Just have her up like she existed instead of not like she does things, did exist, because she does. She did exist, you know, she was here. She was my sister, and she was, out of the three of us, her and I were the closest. And, um, and she has children. And her one child, Nicole, the youngest, has children. So she would be a grandma. And uh, so, you know, kind of, as the anniversary approaches this weekend, it's a little sad. You know, I've outlived her. That's a little haunting. Oh, definitely, yeah. That's a little bit scary when you look at it. Yeah, I mean, she was 44 when we had to remove her from life support. I'm now 50. So when I turned 44, that was a really weird birthday for me. And then when I hit 45, I was like, oh, I've outlived her by a year now, you know? And her birthday's the day before mine. Her birthday's June 24th. Mine's June 25th, and we're nine years apart. So, wow. it, yeah. yeah, it's just weird. That weird stuff happens yeah. to me. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. I get it. 
I yeah. um I haven't even gone through my mother's clothes and it's been two years. Years to go through any of her stuff and do all yeah. that. I don't think that that's uncommon. I think that's pretty common. Well, everybody keeps telling me, you know, like, come on. And my brother was pushing me during that time that he was depressed. And he was always like, come on, uh, you need to go through mom's closet and you need to uh, get rid of her clothes because I can't walk in there and, and all of this stuff. Well, you know, he doesn't even think like, what about me? Well, how do you think I feel? Well, probably with how he was feeling at the time, that probably was a thought in his mind as to help him heal or make, make him feel better. Oh, yeah, of course. Look okay. at it or see it. So when you're in that depressed state, you're not thinking beyond that box of yourself. You know, I went through a depression after using clicks. I never lost anyone close to me. And it didn't hit me right away. And, you know, I started having trouble sleeping at night and only sleeping a few hours. And I come home from work and put myself to bed and take care of the children, which is so much because I'm normally 100 miles an hour right. all the time. So I sit all right. that and, uh, and one of the eye doctors I worked for at the time diagnosed situational depression. And he promised to give me a week's worth of Ambien if I went to a doctor of his choosing for the treatment of depression. And I was just looking at him like, really? <laughs> you know? He's like, really? Who's right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they usually, they usually are. <laughs> it was like, your eye doctor diagnosed you. I'm like, he's not even my eye doctor. I just worked for him. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> to know no, but I mean, you're wrong. right. Yeah, he probably didn't even think about how I feel. Um, he also has what they call borderline personality disorder. So he's pretty narcissistic when it comes to feelings. Um, so that yeah. kind of added onto that um but I mean you know like she passed during the COVID time and and you know I was the one in the hospital going in and out every day every day for months and months and months at a time until I brought her home and then we had brought her home for a little while and then something ended up going wrong then we had to go back to the hospital again and then um after that it was like that was it it was like close to the end but you know, that nobody asked me how it must have been when I was there in and out of the hospital, just basically watching someone die in front of your face. Horrible. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling. It really is. But I know and, and I know it's a part of life and I know it happens. But, you know, sometimes some things are more traumatic than others. So. It is. I have one mom. I do miss my mom. Uh, sometimes I have moments where I miss her a lot. And sometimes I'm okay with it because she, she was 77 when she passed. It's not like my sister Colette. That still yeah. haunts me. You know, she didn't make it to her full potential. You yeah, know, she, she was so young. Yeah, she, uh, you know, was so sick on and off for 18 years. There were times she did a month in the hospital at a time. You know, and I would go make sure she, you know, ate. So I'd like make stuff at home that I could take into the hospital because, you know, they'd let her sleep through meals and whatnot. So sure. um, the oldest sister didn't do stuff like that. And, uh, but like I said, Colette and I were the closest out of the three. And when we lost her, it really just showed me who everyone's true colors were in the family. 
Sure, of course. That's usually when it comes out. Yeah, it totally changed everything, which yeah. then affected my children. And, you know, it's really just crappy. It is. It is crappy, you know, and then um, and coming coming from uh, just to give you a little background from a Middle Eastern perspectives, coming from like a Lebanese background, um, your. Well, her brothers or her sisters would always call me because I was the main person and then they would always be like, well, why don't you try this or why don't you do that? Or let's try this or let's do that or let's. And then when you're when you're there and going through all this, like you don't want to hear all that. Like, can you just be quiet? (laughs) So it's it's not just like my family. It's like outside of the family, because the dynamics of our family includes everyone. It's not just us. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, it's like everybody's attacking you left and right and left and right and left and right. And you don't know what the heck is going on right now. So, yeah. I mean, you're stuck in the middle you're trying to make the best decisions you can make for her. Yeah. And every is coming at you different directions with questions and concerns and their opinion, but they don't want any part of it. No, absolutely not. Falls in your lap and then ultimately like, well, she could have done this or she should have done that. Oh, really? You think so? Right, (laughs) exactly. And who are you are to tell me, like, who are you? And I mean, I know that you're her sister or I know that you're her brother, but come on. Like, she's my mom, you know? Just the same well, as your that's, sister. You're the, that's your sister. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're the the distant family is is distant family. They're not here in the everyday. Correct. They're not. So they think they are, or they hear a little tidbit of something, and automatically they think that includes them, but it doesn't. <laughs> you know? No, it, it, it doesn't. Not all the time. Like once in a while, maybe it might include you if like your sister allows you to, you know, that's, yeah. that's between you and her. But when it comes to the immediate family, like, you know, we're there, like you said, all the time. So I don't know. It's step back, you know, find a place and step back. Yeah. yeah. Support the Needs it having to make some of the bigger decisions. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a shame. I sit here and look now, and I have the grandson, and he's a year, and he's just as cute as can be, and sweet as can be, and we have no real family for him. I don't. Uh, On my side, um, I don't. I haven't talked to my oldest sister since my mother passed and I walked out with my portion of her ashes. It's going to be 10 years coming up in a year. Um, That's a long time. My kids don't care for my oldest sister. I mean, my daughter sat there and told me in her house while I was waiting for my portion of the ashes, whispering quietly, I know she's your sister, but I've never left her. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. You know, you can share that with me. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it because she's not she's not really warm and, and fuzzy and she's very insecure and and has to be in control of everything, even wanting to boss me around. And I'm just not even sure sometimes how we are related. <laughs> yeah, sometimes exactly. Sometimes I feel like I'm the black sheep of the family. Like I just don't fit I, in. 
the family. I'm, I'm probably uh, too brutally honest, and um, they like to maintain this fake image of who they are, and, uh, and they're just not those people. And um, I don't know. It's, uh, she was, <laughs> we don't look, we look similar. I look more like my middle sister, and I'm built more like my middle sister. So, you know, we look similar. You can tell we're sisters, but she got the Italian nose. So. <laughs> she got the big nose. That's what you're saying. She got that big nose. <laughs> it's okay. We have an Arabic nose, so I get it. <laughs> It's not quite like the Italian one. <laughs> no, trust me, it is. You should have seen my grandpa's honker. His was big. He's got the, anyways. Yes. <laughs> but, Off you the know, subject a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> there's but it's sad in other ways. It's it's sad in other ways. Yeah, Colette and I, because Colette had a disease, an autoimmune disease, and always tell me she wasn't going to live, you know, as long as I would live. So she really expected to pass in her late 50s, early 60s. She wasn't going to have the same life expectancy. So she was on dialysis. And um, we had, uh, I was not a match to give her a kidney. And um, so we had started the LifeLink process. I think it's called LifeLink over in Tampa. I filled out my paperwork because it's very much a family involved thing you are going to be put on a transplant list yeah Everyone, of course. just the person getting the transplant if the husband can't take her to an appointment which one of you is stepping up to make sure she gets where she needs to be you right. know that type of thing Signing and your system. and your other sister didn't didn't um didn't also qualify for to give her a kidney or or is the mat was the match or did no. she try no we were not matches and and the doctors in the hospital actually had said it's pretty common for family not to be. Okay. It's pretty common. So um, yeah, we were not matches. So anyway, she uh, you know, we said started the process and then she ended up kind of having an infection that got kind of carried away and then they didn't give her dialysis in the hospital. She started to fill up fluids and you do around in their own fluids and so she started to panic and then they put her on a vent and, and they put it in a big line and she had a massive heart attack and it just kind of went downhill from there and eventually we just had to take her off life support but um it was tragic and horrible and I used to tell her you can't die on me because you can't leave me with this so-called family these people <laughs> right right yeah you know? that's and, funny that you mentioned that because I talk to myself sometimes and I always like talking the you know I'm like mom why did you leave me like you know you left me here with all these crazy people like what am I supposed right. to do what am I supposed to do with these people so yeah it, it's it is it's it it is crazy and it's um I Colette and I were the tomboy out of the three of us and the oldest was more like is every hair in life <laughs> you know I see yeah yeah. That's probably why why you two got along so well is because you were very similar. Yeah, we're very similar in that sense. So, um, and I lost all that when she died, and then everyone tried to remain a family for my mom, and then she died, and it just from there. And the thing with my little sister and her family is, um, 
if it's not in their, I don't know how you say it, view or their perspective or their ideas or how they think it should be, um, you're wrong. <laughs> not allowed to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah, you basically wrong. have to think like them and be like them or else you're just, you don't count. Nobody likes them. I think we used to tell me, oh gosh, you're not like your oldest sister. You're so much more nicer. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> people started telling me that at the age of 10. So I had people in my life that were like surrogate parents to me because my dad wasn't around. I didn't see my dad because he was an alcoholic and he was verbally and physically abusive and he scared me. And rightfully so. I was at the scene of some of that a little bit. And that's a little bit was more than enough. And um, I met the people uh, living on the beach. And um, ironically, she raised seahorses too, which I started doing when I was 10. And I met them when I was 10. And he took me to get my driver. He did all the fatherly things. I do not feel deprived in that department at all. I got to travel with them, have some really neat experiences that kids my age were not having. And you know, started scuba diving at age 11 and snorkeling. And they would take me on these trips. And because of them, I have great family memories that I would not have had because my mom had to work three jobs to support me, different things. So, you know, I had these experiences and she introduced me as, you know, this is Camille's little sister, but she's not like Camille. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like sitting there going, I'm not really sure what that means. Yeah. <laughs> as I got old, out, you know, but. Well, I mean, at least you had them though, you know, to do fun things with you, you know, like, like parents are supposed to do with their kids. Um, yeah. You know, so that's good. But I, I do want to tell you, like, I mean, I was, I was very shy back then in the third grade and stuff. So I didn't really talk too much. Not like I do now. I, now you can't shut me up. But anyway, um, everything that you were going through, you, I did not, um, I did not see it like you didn't when yeah. you were at school like you just were like my friend at school you know what I mean like you didn't you didn't I don't know you didn't show all the pain and all that that was going on I, with your family at the time so I think for me school was an escape and any extracurricular activities I got to was an escape and, and um I also didn't want to tell people. Yeah. It's a little young, you know, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Um, it's embarrassing. Right. And then, you know, already the people in the neighborhood knew my mom had left and stuff. So they're talking at their dinner table and there's kids at the dinner table. So I just didn't want to be the topic of discussion because back then people didn't get divorced. And, you know, it was just, it was kind of a, a shock. I didn't know there was anything really wrong with my family until I woke up that morning and my mom had left. Okay. You know, fear of her life. I, I mean, I knew, but I didn't. Like, I didn't have people sleep over and stuff. I slept over at other people's houses and stuff, but she didn't have people over because I knew, you know, we liked walking on eggshells. She's like, come home, he's getting in a good mood. I need to stay by my mom to kind of protect her. Or, you know, is it okay for me to go watch TV in my room? You know, I mean, it was, it was, you, you gauged it day by day. I did not want to be the topic of conversation and gossip. I wanted a normal life. 
And, you know, I, I, I looked over my shoulder to the day I turned 18 because I never knew if he was going to pop up. I mean, my guidance counselor in high school is one of his drinking buddies at a bar on Huntington and in Largo. Oh, wow. And he would come up, hey, I saw your dad at the bar light last night. I'm like, oh, I got to go. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I bail. <laughs> and go the opposite way. I right, mean, right. I, I, you know, I don't want there to be any communication between him and I. I'm certainly not going to tell you anything so you can run back to my dad. And I just, I just, you know, I, uh, I just didn't want that kind of negative attention. Everything in my world was already falling apart. I didn't need any more. I didn't want to be the topic at the dinner table. Right. Sure. And that makes sense. I mean, why would you want to be like, then that kind of puts you on the spot and then everybody's going to want to know what's happening, what's going on. And, you know, and then they feel sorry for you. I didn't want to be felt sorry for. <laughs> I just wanted to be normal right. Right. and go to the roller skating and ride the bicycle and, and whatnot. I didn't want the attention because all oh, the parents are going through a divorce. Let her eat over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. I, I didn't want any of that. You know, I just did not want any of that. I just wanted to enjoy childhood the best that I could. So I kind of made that happen the best that I could for myself. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing you could do. And do uh, I guess by going going to those people and spending time with them, that kind of helped you through it a little bit. Well, ironically, you know, I don't know if you remember, like um, when I was nine in the fourth grade, I I didn't go to school for about six or seven weeks because I fell out of that tree and shattered my elbow. <laughs> and uh, the teachers I've known have come to the house and teach me. Oh, if you remember no, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so um, I had fallen out of the tree, shattered my elbow, and they would not put my arm in a full cast because they're trying to set it, um, even though it was shattered, without doing surgery on me because they didn't want to scar me. And so they didn't want me getting jostled at school, so I had to stay at home. And the teachers, my our teachers, would come to my house and teach me every day after school. I know that you weren't there, and then w when you came back, though, didn't you have like a like a cast, or you had something on your arm? I off something on. I was going to physical therapy because after the cast, I couldn't unbend my arm. I right. had to go to physical therapy, and so I wasn't allowed to really participate in PE. I could like jump rope, and do my yeah. Arm I remember. Way. I remember but, some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, most people didn't realize why I disappeared for you know so many weeks. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you use your grip on a rope in a tree that's really tall and you're little and you're sliding down and hit yeah. the ground pretty hard on you. You know, you shatter your elbow and not. Right. So, um, you got to have a sports day. Me way back. Holy cow. Yeah, I know. And then fifth grade, <laughs> that seahorse off the dock and Mr. Hall was helping me with the seahorse in the tank. And I remember, like, animals got loose and snakes and they were chasing each other around Anona. We weren't allowed to have live animals anymore. I had to take my seahorse. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I had to learn how to raise the seahorse. You know, we didn't have the internet back then on my own. And yeah. I did. I out, you know, read some books and I figured it out. And before you know it, I had a small arm seahorses, <laughs> different colors yeah, and different see? things. <laughs> you how know, cool that, was that? Uh, that accumulated a lot. That took up a lot of my time. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time hanging off that dock, catching food and stuff. And so when typical girls my age were, hanging out with the boys on the corner and stuff. I was hanging off the dock or I was 50 miles offshore fishing for grouper. I mean, I just didn't care to do 
do the typical stuff and all this was always a great escape for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. You know. I was opposite of you when I was a little kid like that. I um, We weren't allowed to do much of anything. My parents were very strict. Uh, so basically, I didn't spend my childhood doing normal things that, you know, regular kids would do. Or I, would sh- I should say, like, American kids would do, I guess. Because um, we just stayed home. You know, I was taught. I don't know, when I was nine years old, 10 years old, you know, every weekend we just fixed our room, we cleaned the house, cleaned the bathroom, you know, and after that, then we just basically sat in the house. We didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And that went through all the way through high school. That's not just, you know, elementary. Well, you know, I I grew up on a cul-de-sac and I was a tomboy and... Crystal, you know Crystal. Uh, it, we were basically the only two assistant girls in the neighborhood. I think uh, Sue moved in at some point and whatnot, but uh, we were close to the same age, and so you know, I didn't always want to play Barbie. Um, matter of fact, I bought all my Barbie's hair. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, often gave moms. I wasn't a huge fan of Barbie. <laughs> you know? I didn't so. even have a Barbie. <laughs> Well, my mother was upset because some of them were my sister's Barbies, so they were, you know, older Barbies, and I bobbed them all. <laughs> to me. They all looked alike when I was on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is what it is, so, you know. Um, and she let me play until the streetlights came on. And then getting that bath just, you know, she didn't enjoy. And right. then when we got, when, when the family went through the divorce and, um, the custody battle, not me not being at home, especially when my dad had custody of me, um, was really, I was, I felt safer not being there with him. I was, sure. felt safer at other neighbor's house than his. Everyone just, you know, let me come in. So, um, and then when she finally got full custody of me when I was 10, yeah. um, she was working the three jobs and stuff. The seahorses occupied my time. Um, being in the water occupied my time. They were healthy habits. I wasn't doing this. I've never done a drug in my day. <laughs> and I, just, I mean, that's I, um, good. I mean, anybody else, probably they would have turned that way, you know? They probably would have turned to drugs just to escape. Yeah, and I know a lot of people do. I know a lot of people do, especially in this day and age. I, it's, I don't ever like the idea of not ever having full control. Well, that's that's good. At least you didn't fall down that hole. Yeah. So you know, but I entertained myself in other ways. Partly why I joined band. You know, it was I was busy. Yeah. I was on the wall. I was on. I was in bands. You know. I mean, I was busy, and it kept me busy, and um, hurt me in any way. You know. If anything, it gives you more ethic and values because how it's run you know but yeah i mean when i tell people i'm a good girl i was a good girl <laughs> yeah. you know when the cops come to get you from your house and take you to your mom's house and then it's court ordered that the cops take you back to your dad's house every time Margo police would show up yeah it was scary for me and yeah. I didn't anymore that and i didn't want to Caused my mom more heartache, and I did not want 
to give my dad any reason to fight for any more custody of me. I wanted him to leave me alone. So right. I was a girl. I, what she, I, I could hear him in court. He, you know, I did something wrong. She can't control her. She needs to come live with me. She won't be doing that with me. You know, I mean, I could hear, I mean, my God, we got her ears pierced and he called his attorney. <laughs> you know? I mean, he was just like that. You know, she got her ears pierced without asking my permission. And the attorneys are like, I don't need your permission. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, went to court. But he, he made the call. He wanted it to. He wanted it to be an issue. So, I was I was a good girl. I didn't want any issues. I just wanted to be me. It's almost like you just, you know, you want to disappear. You want nobody to come and you, look at you. You do. Yeah. You do. I just left alone. I just, you know, I had a few close friends. They knew some of it. And I didn't go around bragging or looking for attention. My dad abused me. I don't, you know, it's, I say it now, I'm still not looking for attention. <laughs> it was a long time yeah. ago. He's been time. I'm, I'm okay. You know, I don't dwell on it and it, it doesn't, um, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's my mind or how strong-minded I am or whatever you may call it. I don't let that dictate my life. I don't use that as a crop for my life. Yeah, no, that's good. That's very good. Some people never let that go. No, some people don't let it go. And that's, I think, where, like, you know, we said earlier that they fall down that rabbit hole and then they turn to drugs or turn to doing something bad. And, you know, and then their life just ends up not being what maybe they foresaw it to be. Well, you know, drugs is not even a band-aid. No, definitely. You know, it just doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything for me. It does not appeal to me. Yeah. So, you know, many other things appeal to me. That's not one of them. (laughs) No, you know, I'm like you. Like, I have to have control over my life. Like, I cannot... Uh, have that feeling of loss of control. I'm very similar when it comes to that um, with you. Do you think that's from your childhood and not to be one of those people that's like, well, that comes from your childhood. You're scarred for life. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have control over your childhood. You weren't allowed to do anything. So I know for me, my childhood was spinning out of control because I had a mom who never, she didn't verbally fight my dad. Her times he would be inches screaming from her face, I'm going to blow your effing brains out. And she would not say a word. She would just stay there, not show an emotion. And she would just take it. And I remember walking out of my bedroom door to that thing. And, um, and my sister's going, I didn't know you ever witnessed something like that. And well, you weren't there. <laughs> so would you not? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you weren't there. And um, so I know for me, I didn't have a say in my childhood. My dad was an alcoholic. He ruined it for everybody. Right. And my mom stayed as long as she could because, well, you know, she didn't work. She was a stay-at-home mom. She had nothing. Um, she had no money. He controlled the money. 
you're going to the grocery store, here's as much money. That's all you get. You need gas. That's this. You know, I mean, everything is very controlled. So for me, I have to have control of myself. I can't control everyone around me, which I've learned, but I, you know, I have to have control of myself. So Man, I wish I can control people around me. That would be the best <laughs> thing ever. But no, you're absolutely right. You can't. There's no control over that. No. So for me, I have I can only control me. So do you think because of your child and the fact that you weren't allowed to do anything or have a life that you have to control every aspect of it that you can to this day? I think so. I think that has uh, played a role through my adult life, too, as well. I think it's if I have more control over things, um, things don't seem to get away from me. Um, being also a the oldest um, in a Lebanese family, you're expected to do things differently than your brother or your sister or any other siblings. Um, so there's a lot of expectations that come from being a part of that type of family. Um, so I think, yes, I think a lot of it has to, it stems from my childhood for sure. Um, my mom was the controlling one in the family, believe it or not. My father was always at work. Um, she was the mean one. <laughs> so if we did anything wrong, um, she would follow us with her the belt or the shoe. And that's how things were that's how things were done back then. So I uh, I I think I was spanked once by my dad my whole entire life. Which is funny because he was physically and verbally abusive, but like literally punished, spanked once. Um, I I had a fear and a respect, and especially what I did in my childhood with the divorce and stuff, that I just, um, just, not that I was a perfect angel either. I mean, I got away with a few things. Sometimes I didn't. <laughs> but I never did anything real horrific or anything like that. So, um yeah. You know, but my mother didn't have a wooden spoon. <laughs> the old Italian wooden spoon, she had that. <laughs> my God, I got that too, but it wasn't Italian. It was Lebanese. <laughs> <laughs> but mainly, mainly it was my father's belt, you know, because I guess I don't know. To us, you know, the man is like the big hot head honcho. I don't believe in any of that crap, but, you know, that's what you're you're conditioned to believe, okay, that, you know, he runs the show and he's this and he's that. And um, I've come to see, like, in my in my life that, you know, men, men are only good for one thing from my perspective, and that's just to give you children. And, you know, that's great. Um, but, uh, you know, to my mom at the time, you know, she she was, you know, the wife. Um, she did go to work um, while my dad stayed home for a little while. Um, he had an accident at the time, so he had to stay home. And she did work in the evening time. He would have to send us to school in the morning. And, of course, he doesn't know how to do any of that stuff. I know, right? Yeah, because oh she did God. everything. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you say that. She didn't have to, she didn't have to send you to school. It's like packing the lunch. You know, my mom, being Italian, 
everything was home cooked. Sauce every day, every meal was home cooked. Yeah, same, same. So I still kind of do some of that. You know, I don't really like to cook, I love to bake. So I do all my baking from scratch. Yeah. And, um, I, when I cook, I do from obviously scratch, you know, but um, I don't like to cook. I don't enjoy it anymore. I remember, remember TV dinners in the middle? Oh my God, I do remember. Actually, I wanted one. (laughs) Who didn't? What are these? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, my dad always grilled whatever my mom prepared during the day that was going to go on the grill. If if something was going on the grill, you know, he would come home and grill. So here he is. My mom had been gone long and he's going to cook a meal on the grill. So, you know what I did? I could think about it. <laughs> because someone was mentioning TV dinners, the old metal back when they first came out. Yeah. Is he cooking on the grill? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That ironically is the night that my middle sister, who's no longer with us, and her friends, the Lashua brothers, were trying to kidnap me through the bedroom window and I was throwing clothes out the window. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So she could take me, I don't know where, (laughs) but we're, you know, she's getting me out of dad's house and that was the, and I was game. So I was throwing clothes out the window. Right, right. You're like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. I don't care. And he caught us. But I remember that day is associated with that damn TV dinner being cooked on a grill. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. That's funny. funny? um, My mom is the same way as you. Like we, we always had home cooked uh, food. Um, and, um, I think it was like a treat once in a while to like go out maybe to Burger King or maybe like get pizza or something like that. But, and that was very far and few between. Very Um, far and few between. Yeah. But I remember they're getting Kentucky fried chicken and bringing it home. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I've always wanted one of those TV dinners. I was like, Hey. Like, why can't we eat that? And my mom would be, what? You can't eat that. That's junk. That's junk. We don't eat junk. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> my, I, that was my dad's effort. That was my dad's effort, you know, because yeah. she from scratch and he, he, you know, he didn't. Well, he didn't know. He didn't know what to do. How does he know what he to do? Her, she marinated during the day on the grill, but, you know, he, oh, I just remember him with the Yeah, it's just. Shot. And I'm just looking at him like, really? <laughs> I want my you mom. <laughs> exactly. I want my mom. Exactly. Well, you know, back in the day, the, the woman was always expected to, you know, take care of the house and do everything in the house. And and the man just goes to work and then comes home. And, and his support is basically just money. That's about it. And he sometimes, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. We would hardly ever see my father because he would come home so late. And we would be asleep already because we were ready to go to school the next day. So, yeah. Um, so we barely, barely got to see my dad. And yeah, so my mom was the main one. And I think, I think I get a lot of the strength from her, though, because I oh, saw absolutely. that she had to do everything. So, you know, my mom, you know, I started doing laundry at age 10. It was one less thing I had to worry about. So if I wanted to wear it, I had to wash it. Yes. 
So, you know, uh, there are many times that I could cook myself a meal at age 10 or 11 because she was working three jobs and I, whatever she had, I could make something and she knew I'd be fine. And I, I didn't care. Right. You know, at that age, after going through all of that, all I know and remember thinking is I just wasn't stuck in the house with him. So I'm good. Right. Exactly. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. So, whatever, you know, it just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, family dynamics, what are you going to do? You got to basically survive. You do. You do. And sometimes you look at them and you're just like, really, we're related genetically? I'm just not sure. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. That's exactly sometimes what I sometimes think. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I dropped my oldest sister off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a good spot. I'm just going to drop her. <laughs> right? What will be, will be. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. You know, as harsh as that sounds, um, I don't miss her. Well, I mean, it's not that there's no relationship. You know, I mean, she watched me to help my mom, but she never's like, let's go to a movie together. Let's go shopping together. Let's go do this thing together. It was, I always felt like that third wheel. Right, right. It was not a sisterly relationship. Sure. So she she needs to like take a hard look in the mirror <laughs> the world does not just revolve around you my dear right exactly exactly it does not I kind of took a role of being like a mom to my brother because we're 10 years apart so uh when he was born I was basically like watching him and and feeding him and changing his diapers and you know things like that so when you know, he grew up and everything, and he was, um, I don't want to say he was violent or anything like that. He was just in that depressive mode to where the point where it did, you know, transpire to some kind of domestic problem. Um, okay. Just to think back, like, you know, why would you treat me like that? Like, I was everything to you like I changed your diaper I fed you I I bathe you sometimes I I don't know I put you to bed you know what I mean so I mean he's not gonna know he he knows all that because I told him all that but he's not gonna know all that I don't know I just I just don't get it it just it hurt me you know that he would do something oh. like that. well yeah and 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 no one here is bashing anyone, but men are wired very differently than women. Yes. And we look at and analyze things differently. And I don't know if it's because we're just generally more maternal. We probably. Have the baby. Yeah, and probably. And so to being maternal. And um, I think we zone yeah. in on many different emotions, you know, like. We have many different emotions we, where, where men only like zone in on whatever emotion is happening at the time. Yeah. And, you know, he knows. Usually in most cases, they know whoever they is and outside, whether it's brother or whoever, cousin. Um, they know what they've done and said. And at some point, as they grow up and mature and older, there'll be a different type of an apology or a different type of conversation. Yeah. 
probably. I yeah. don't know. Maybe I just haven't reached that yet. So I don't think they have. I think he's been feeling better long enough. Yeah. Okay. I think he still has a ways to go. Oh, he does yeah. have a ways to go, but you know, thank God that he went and got help because um that's the first step, you know. It's definitely. um have mental illness, it changes who you are. And with that being said, I know people who know they have a mental illness, but I don't want to be dependent on a medication. Well, now you're choosing to be a jerk. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It could be verbally and physically abusive. Yeah. If at any time you said to another relative or something, I need help, give me the name or phone number of a doctor or give me, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you've best that first step and you choose to continue your path. It is on you. Yeah, if definitely. you know you know that you need help and you don't seek it and you know you're horrible to everyone else and then you sit there and just say sorry but then keep repeating well, because action. you're not sorry you're just saying sorry because that's something that you're supposed to say or that's something you're supposed to do so technically Correct. deep inside no you're really not sorry you're going through the motions yeah that's about it yeah yeah, he's got, a, really, he's got a little ways to go still, you know, he still has to go through therapy and all of that stuff. I mean, he's a, definitely a lot better than he was before. Um, at least now, you know, he's getting back into life stuff. Uh, I told him, like, you know, the kids need him, you know, the kids need him. And they want a parent who's there. They don't want a parent who's absent. So, you know, hopefully he gets the help that he needs. Yeah. They need the parents to be there. Yeah. I well, he used to do the same thing that you were just saying. Like, he would take his pills and then he would live, He would feel good and then he'd be like, well, I don't need these. What do I need these I, for? Yeah, I know. And it's amazing how many people in life, whether it's mental health, we have a thyroid problem. All that stuff for life, you know? Oh, yeah. And there's no shame in it. No, there's no shame in it at all. Stuff, though. And you hurt the ones you love. And you keep doing yeah. it. And you know. You know oh, well, that's, a, you know, that's another thing. Cultural-wise, cultural I know I keep going back to cultural. But culturally, well, we were taught that, oh, if you go get help or if you seek therapy or anything like that, that you're crazy. So why would you do something like that? You know, stigmatism. It's a, it's a stigma. It is. And my mom, you know, she really suffered from depression and stuff. And uh, like I said, she never got over the divorce, the abuse, the years of abuse, verbal and physical. Yeah. And, you know, as I got older and stuff and realized what was going on with her, I offered to pay for therapy. And she said, no. I said, I'll pay for someone to come to the house. She said, no. I said, but why? When you know you need something. Right. And she said, she said pride. Her pride. That's a big thing. It's a lot of, it has a lot to do with their pride, too. Definitely. Definitely. That generation, that generation, we don't talk about anything. No. And we don't have I mean, I found out things about my parents into my mid to late 20s that I never knew. And 
my older sisters knew, and rightfully, I get it, they were older, but come on, I lived it. They didn't live the stuff I lived. Right. No, they because didn't. Because I'd been married for however many years. She married when, you know, she was 19, and I don't know how many years she, you know, was married at that point. Yeah. And my little sister was able to legally leave and go stay with friends because they knew what was going on. They didn't have to deal with how is today going to be once I get out of this bed? How is he going to be? Is it going to be a good day, an okay day, or am I walking on eggshells all day? You know, yeah. I mean, it, you know, they didn't, they didn't live it. No, they, they didn't. They didn't. And I'm sure that put, puts a lot of anxiety, you know, like in the, I can only imagine like you wait, having to wake up and you have to be like full of anxiety. Like what day is it going to be like today? So my house on um, Palm Drive felt like home to me. My mom was there, and at one point, all three of us were there. And when my mom left and my sisters were gone, that totally changed. Yeah. I did not feel like that was home. And I was very insistent that I go live with my mom on the beach. I, I did not want to be there. I felt like I was in some strange person's home. Sure. It totally energy of the house you know I was very comfortable there at one point and all of a sudden I was not yes you know and um I just didn't I didn't want to be there I did not want to be there and I felt very much left behind <laughs> at times you know because I was yeah you know but no no one talked about anything and my dad certainly didn't um and he wasn't one that you would want to talk to anyways. Yeah. And my mom, to some degree, felt like she was protecting me because I was the baby. Yeah. But. It yeah, that's be... something we have in common. That's the same thing on my side, too. Like, your parents just didn't talk to you about anything. Nobody thought that they should talk about it. So everybody was hush-hush or throw it under the rug. And, um, you know, like, if, if you Pretend don't. Yeah, pretend it didn't happen. If you don't see it, that's it. Never occurred. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I've always tried to be different with my children. Yeah, same Sometimes. here, definitely. Oh, my God. Hollywood up in here, so. No, it is not. <laughs> Definitely. And, and uh, I wish that she had talked to me more. Yeah. More things. Um, I, I would have probably been a little more unique at that age in the sense that I would have listened because I had lived through what I had lived through. Yeah. You know, not the same mentality of my parents don't know anything. Well, like, I know she knows some things because we just went through this kind of together, you know, and had to deal with this together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I wish you kind of had, um, but it is what it is. It's over with. It's been over with for a long time. Um, I essentially do not have any immediate family, really, but um, my children. 
Do dogs count? <laughs> dogs count. You're a fur mommy. I am a fur mommy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, dogs do count. You know, and I have my close girlfriends, which I consider family, and uh, that's that's it. That's it. Uh, you know, sometimes sometimes it's not about the abundance of family that you have. It's just no. a matter of it's the quality. Yes. It's the quality. It's definitely the quality. Um, that comes with friends, that comes with everything. It's definitely the quality. Um, yeah. I actually not feel like I'm missing out on a whole bunch of anything. Uh, I have little moments. Everybody, you know. yeah, it's normal. That's uh, not often. Not often. Um, you know, uh, maybe a little more so at the, at the holiday time because my mom loved yeah. Christmas and the tree decorating. So that's something I love, but I, I do, I have two trees and, um, yeah, but I, I just have these little moments. Like I remember when, you know, sure. was, you had to get your teeth right, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, do they have night tinsel anymore? Oh, you know? <laughs> no, they do. They do. <laughs> they do. I just bought some for here. <laughs> You know, so I have little moments where I like miss that family dynamic, but it's not, it's really not, not much. I have had some of the best memories with you and other friends and whatnot, and I really don't feel like I'm missing out on much. Well, that's, that's and great. I, that's awesome. And I've learned, I value my alone time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I talk to patients all day long, 40 hours a week. I talk to patients and I have to answer and deal. And so I learned uh, weekends and alone time are some of my very favorite times. Where it's just oh, me and the dog. Yes, definitely. Well, you know, I live, I live in a house with a bunch of people. So I live with uh, my brother, his wife, their four kids, my dad, and then my mom when she was here when she was uh, alive and uh, yeah that's a that's a crazy house that's what I call it but it's kind of cultural though too isn't it what is it isn't it kind of cultural for your family to live oh yes yeah yeah you don't leave the house until you're married Um, and my brother even though he is married he chose to stay together so he was given, you know, he was given the option if he wanted to go and get his own house, they could, you know, but he was close to my, my parents. He was close to my mom and stuff like that. Um, and my dad and culturally, yes, we stayed together. So he chose to, um, of course I never left because, um, well, I left now, but you know, I never left before. Because um, it was an obligation for me to take care of my parents. They took care of me my whole life. It was my turn to pay it back. And that's how that's how traditionally, you know, we are and that's how we live. So. Um, and that's definitely a cultural thing. Because at what point are you supposed to have your own life? Yeah. In your culture. Um, no, you do have your own life. However, um, it's not, well, no, maybe, maybe I can't say that you do have your own life because to be honest with you, the only way you leave is if you get married and then it's still not your own life because now you have a husband. So yeah, no, you don't have a life. And you're still taking care of someone. 
you know, yeah. you just get your apartment. Yes, I did. I got my own apartment. When I'm 50, I got my own apartment. <laughs> you were 49 and three quarters. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving me that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, that's a good step, you know. And it's my little humble abode and, you know, I go in there and when I want to relax and I don't hear all the hustle bustle from the kids and from everything. Although I do want to say that I do miss them at times because I get so used to that environment. You're used to it, yes. You're going to miss some of that at times. I would imagine it's an adjustment period. I think probably you would adjust a little more. I mean, you're still going to miss them at times, no matter what. But, you know, it's, it's no different than me missing my daughter and my, and my grandson. You know, yeah. I try to yeah. with them once a week. Um, they're getting ready to, I think, move a little further north-ish. And so that's going to put them like a little over an hour away, not as far away as when they were in Orlando. Yeah. So it, it, I've only seen them weekly, which yeah. with Abiel, he grows and changes so much. That's, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss that dinner with her and that time with him, you know, of course, but yeah. and you have to go on and have your own life and you want them to have their own life, you want them to grow and thrive and fly on their own, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, so. definitely. I, uh, to be honest with you, I never would have imagined that I would be like, Oh my God, I have my own place. Like th this would have never like happened. I would have stayed and remained at home, you know? Um, but, but you should be proud of yourself. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That was a big step for me, believe it or not. It was a big step. I, because I almost feel like it's, it's almost a feeling of abandonment. Like I've abandoned my family as well. I get that, but they are adults. Yes, we are adults. And I, and I keep saying the same thing, you know, to myself though. Um, I, I, I don't often feel that that it's a sense of abandonment but you know your first yeah. thought when you get your own thing you know you feel like you're leaving your family like you the family you've known for like your whole entire life yeah so it was a little scary but you know what hey i'm good with it it just changes it evolves it yeah and it has to exactly it has to what am i going to be like stuck in that position the whole entire time no. I mean, I think that you are adventurous and outgoing. I think um, that because, of, well, the restaurant life is very draining and it's pretty much seven days a week for you. And then you have this other responsibility of the family. You have to find some time to be Pascal. You know, you, you own a restaurant running. It. Well, there's a lot of people that rely on you to pay their bills. Yeah. Not just yourself, but you have the staff, and they rely on you to bring in the business to keep putting out the food so they get paid to pay the bills. And that's a huge, huge responsibility. I don't know that I would ever want that responsibility. And then um, on top of it, you have to babysit everyone in the restaurant. This oh, my God, yes. <laughs> this one said this one about that one, you know, and, oh and all that stuff. And then, you know, you're dealing with all those personalities. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. And then you have to go home and then you're just dealing with that. And for me, 
while I love having the kids around and stuff like that, I also love that downtime just to completely unplug. And oh, yeah, any- that's, that's very important to me nowadays. It's super important yeah. to me. Like, I mean, you just said, you said it all in like this paragraph. Like, it's having that quiet time for yourself to just think for a second. It means it's worth more than a million dollars, to be honest with you. Oh, it's it's priceless. It's priceless. It's for your own sanity. So, I mean, you're at work, which is demanding, and you go home, and there's been many times I've talked to you on the phone late at night, and you're, like, picking up the kids' toys and stuff. It's like, you need to just not do it. The kids need to pick up their own toys, and you need to just go have a drink on the couch. <laughs> exactly. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, well, I can have it. a drink on the couch now. It's my couch. You can. Your couch. That's right. And I'm a little jealous, by the way. But anyway, oh, that's okay. Out. There's a place for you. Now, come on. You oh, know. I think you get that apartment, so I have a place to go to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a little self-serving. <laughs> well, you know, I got a, I got a, I got a second bedroom, so I have two bedrooms. So I did that on purpose, you know, in case any one of you guys would like to come and visit and stuff. We, you know, you, we'd have, I'd have a place for you guys, you know, so it wasn't just for me, well, but, because, huh? That one day. I am going to do that one day. Yes, please do that one day. I'll There's take a break from the restaurant. Brought down here. Yes, yes. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, right now, yes, I have to think about coming down there first. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna need. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'll have my own apartment down there. I'll have my own house down there, and then that house will be like your house. So there you go. Like an extension, we'll call it that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It could. It could be the start of our our golden girl house. You know what I mean? Girl. <laughs> yeah, because I think that, like in our group, I'm the only one that's single, so I think that would be good. So we'll, let's start it out. <laughs> Day's not over, my dear. Day's not over. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, it is what it is. What are you gonna do? That's that's just how life is, and we each have our moments in our life, and that brought us to, or that made us who we are today. So, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, the happiness. The moving forward, you know, things like that. So always got to stay positive. Even when life is trying to bring your ass down, you better stand up. <laughs> I know, you know, and you got to, and I, and because I work in the medical and you two have worked in medical, uh, you know, there's always someone that has it worse than you. Definitely. Yes. And usually those, the ones that I've known that have had it way worse than what I've ever gone through are some of the most happiest, pleasant people. Oh, yeah. Ever hold their head high and just like, you know, this is what I've been dealt and I got to deal with it. And I'm just sitting there going, I just, I don't have words. I have no words. I don't even know yeah, what to say. No, exactly. Yeah. Deal with everything you deal with. Yeah. And, and uh, but there are times where many times in my life, uh, as uh, growing up the way I did, and then even as an adult in my current life. <laughs> <laughs> that I thought, man, this is just a shit show. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yes, I know. I didn't sign up for any of this. I just wanted to have a roof over my head, some meals, a few 
trips a year and pay my bills and save her for retirement. I just, uh, you know, I yeah. have a, there were some days um, I felt like you. I felt like asking God, like, why was I born to this family? Why couldn't I be born to any other I, family? Yeah. What did I do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, that's it. It's life. What are you going to do? It is. It is. So we have a lot more to talk about. and uh, We're definitely going to talk a little bit more about our our children and our extended families as well. Um, yes. So maybe we'll save some of that for the, our next episode. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yes. This is fun. It's always fun chatting with you. Yeah, same here. Same here. I love My it. Lord. It's 2 a.m. <laughs> Woohoo! 2 a.m. <laughs> is it? Where is it? Really? It is. Oh, yes, it is. Okay. Well, you know, this is how we're partying out at this age. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just, anyway, I'm, I'm an all nighter. I'm an all nighter. I hate waking up in the morning. I'm an all nighter, so I'm good. You know, I mix. I don't like getting up early. I like my sleeping in time, but I don't like going to bed early either. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, kind of a mix. Like I generally on Fridays and Saturdays go to bed between midnight and two. Yeah. During the week, I'm in bed by eleven because I have to get up and go work. Sure. And I like my sleep, so you know, I, it's balance. <laughs> Find yeah. the balance. Right. You know, but this is what we do when you hit fifty. You decide to try to record a whole podcast. Absolutely. That's exactly what we And at two in the morning. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I I, am too. I don't feel like I'm anything. That's for sure. It's definitely uh, more enhancing than anything else. And, you know, she's in Pennsylvania and I'm in Florida. And this is how we stay in touch. This is how we do it. Our lifelong friendship. This is how we do it. Oh, my gosh. Life. It is a lifelong friendship. Forever friendship. (laughs) Right. You know, I'm. I'm younger than you by a month. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> you know, in fifth grade, my birthday's in summer, in June, so I so was the youngest in the class. Yes. So, you know, you know, I was, well, in 83, I was 10 in June of 83, so school was out back then in the beginning of June, you know, so. I'm a month younger. Yeah. <laughs> Point that out. <laughs> you know, and, uh, it's um, I don't I forget where I was going with that. It's two in the morning. <laughs> two in the morning. It's okay. Not a problem. But yeah, we have a lot more to talk about. And um, oh, well, how old were we when that? Because uh, you do you remember? You don't remember what month you came to Anona? Was um, it the beginning of the year? Yeah, I think it was the beginning of the year. I think we had moved over there in the summertime. So I know it was like in August when I first started um, third grade. So like all through kindergarten, I was five. Yeah. And then I turned six in the summer and all through first grade, I was six. And then I turned seven for second grade. So I was eight. So you would have turned nine in May. Yeah, I would have already been. I would have been nine a month later in the summer. So I was just trying to figure out what year you came in and we were already in school. Yes. But I don't think we were that far into school. 
No, we weren't that far into school yet. No. It was the beginning. It was right at the beginning. Because I remember, I remember going in there. Um, I think I remember in one of the classes that uh, the teacher was like introducing me. Um, yes. As a new I student. I remember that. Yeah, as a new student. And that's when we okay. became friends. Yes. Yeah, so so pretty much lifelong friends because that was a long time ago. <laughs> we don't want to talk about how long that was. <laughs> that was... That was early 80s. That was, you know, so in 83, I would have turned 10. So if I was eight. Yes. Okay, we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> that topic is done. <laughs> that topic yeah. is done. Yeah. But no, that's that's great. And, you know, I, I hope our, our, and I know, I don't have to hope. I know that our friendship is going to for many, many more years. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I hope we have a lot of uh, adventures and a lot of fun doing those adventures in the future. Oh, absolutely. We will, because we and I are a lot of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, we're a lot of fun. We like to have a good time. Yes, I think so. I think we do. Yeah. We do have a good time. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going with that whole thing and living with your brother and stuff and the whole family dynamics. It, it hasn't allowed you a lot of freedom between the restaurant and that. Yeah. It's truly just escape. Yeah, that's very true. I'm going to do that for Italy, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Every <laughs> year, every year, we got to make it a point to go somewhere and that's it. And I don't care if I have to shut this place down for a week or a week and a half or whatever it is. It's getting shut down. And, you know. Life's too short. We've it all is. learned that as milestone birthday. Yeah. Uh, not really any milestones after this. No. No. It's not like you're waiting to turn 21 to drink. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We're way beyond. <laughs> what do I, oh, let's wait till I turn 70 so I can wear a diaper. Yay! <laughs> I just say, how old is it for Medicare? <laughs> I don't know exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what the age is now. <laughs> I don't know. It's really? going to keep creeping up. By the time we get there, it'll probably be like 85. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm really insulted to get all that AARP stuff in the mail right before my birthday, by the way. I just want to uh, put that out there. Oh, my gosh. After the person turns 50. I know. I keep getting AARP stuff in the mail, and I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? I know. It was daily. It yes. was daily. Yes. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. But anyway, so. Yes. Yeah. It's been fun. Um, yes, it's been wonderful, and uh, looking forward to our next episode. Um and hope you guys can join us on our next episode as well. And, you know, we'll figure out what we're going to discuss in the future. Yes? We're always looking and taking recommendations. And you can find us on Facebook, Girlfriend. Yes, definitely. Leave us some comments. Um, and uh, definitely we'll take a look at them and check you guys out next time. Absolutely. All right. Everyone have a great night or a good morning. <laughs> a good morning and a wonderful rest of your weekend. <laughs> yes, yes. All righty.
Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So